All right, hey, 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 everybody! It's Leah T. Porter, and we're back with another episode of I'm Making Moves podcast. And I'm excited to have a special guest today, Miss Monique Martin. How are you doing today? Hello, hello. I'm doing well. That is good. And just a correction, because a lot of people don't know, but on my Facebook, I go by Monique Morton, which is my maiden name, but okay. uh, professionally, I go by Monique Morton Daracell, Okay, with Daracell is my married name. Well, that is good to know, <laughs> Monique, yes. Monique Morton Daracell. Yes. All right. Thank you for that. Um, so thank you for joining us on I'm Making Moves podcast. Um, we are all about people that are making moves as creatives, entrepreneurs, um, and just in life in general. Um, and you are making a lot of moves. You have some good things that are going on. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get to that. But I always, I have this thing for any interview that I do where I want the guests to introduce themselves. <laughs> I feel like nobody can introduce you better than you can introduce yourself. Yeah. So just give us a little bit of, you know, about who Monique is mm -hmm. and a little bit about your upbringing. I want to I wanna go back okay, a little bit. Okay. It's always weird talking about yourself because it's almost <laughs> like... Um, this fine line between like bragging or you know it's like Come on, it's girl, like brag. I don't know. Give us yeah. all the good. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> but uh, yes, I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana, originally. I uh, my parents are from Birmingham, Alabama, originally. Okay. So I really don't have any uh, biological family here in the state of Louisiana outside of my uh, my parents and my sister mm -hmm. that are in Shreveport. And I live in Arneville with my husband. We met. Uh, in college in 2006, okay. um, I was going to Southern and he was going to LSU. We met through a mutual friend and uh, that's that's been the case ever <laughs> since, you know. Uh, we dated for nine years and nine of those years, uh, a few of those nine years, uh, we were um, uh, long distance because I've decided to go to grad school in California okay. to get my MFA in writing for TV, film and theater and then after, uh, while I was there, I uh, also found a interest in acting and directing. And, you know, it's just like you don't really know all the passions you have mm -hmm. until you're kind of introduced to those. So I discovered writing later in life. Like, I've always been a storyteller when I start to think back on it. You know, you're like, huh, I, I, I didn't realize this, you know, yeah. when you're coming up. But because you don't know that there's a path in writing and you don't really know that so you're like oh i just like thinking about weird ideas and you don't really know how to um take that and run with it so mm -hmm. i uh studied mass communications at southern and i thought i wanted to be a publicist to like help other folks who were famous and help them and you know that type of thing and and then when i discovered writing i was like okay i think i need to go pursue this and I'm very much a person of like I need to be in a classroom mm -hmm. to learn type <laughs> of thing and so I that's when I decided to go to grad school and um I also did improv while I was there I went to Second City and um I just found this love for performing as well so all of those interests and talents you know uh kind of came to me at a later part of life and then I moved to Louisiana, I moved back. <laughs> and then I moved to Arneville of all places. And uh, I was thankful that at the time, the film tax credits were 
doing pretty good in Louisiana. So there was a lot going on. So I did travel back and forth to Baton Rouge or New Orleans just to pick up gigs, um, doing behind the camera stuff. And I did a few acting things here and there, but I always wanted to get my writing out there to get my screenplays out there. So while I was taking gigs here and there, I just wrote a lot. And that's one way they said you get better as a writer is just to write. And I hate it when people would say that, (laughs) but it's very true. (laughs) It's very true because you have to read screenplays. You got to watch a lot of TV and film. And, you know, I I tell my students this a lot, too. I'm like, uh, go tell your parents. Your teacher gave you homework to watch (laughs) movies because you really do have to watch them. But not just for entertainment value, but you're studying them. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the dialogue and uh, the choices that the actors make. You're looking at the choices the director made and their uh, how they set up the shots and all of that. So you really have to pay attention to everything. So if you're interested in film, you got to watch film. If you're interested in TV, you got to watch TV. If you're interested in writing novels, you got to read, read a lot of novels. Yeah. So um, it's it's research, it's studying. So I did a lot of that. <laughs> um, and then, you know, just uh, all the ideas that I have, you know, I just kind of jot them down somewhere, either on the notes in my phone or I may have like a, a notebook with scribbling ideas and just kind of hold on to them because you don't know when you're going to get a chance yeah. to really develop it and you don't want to forget it. So you just... I, kind of have like random things with a bunch of ideas um but that that path was very slow and so I was like well okay what am I gonna do uh I'm here and I'm gonna do (laughs) (laughs) outside of Lafayette (laughs) I joined a uh improv troupe Silverbacks Improv Theater in 2014 and And that's um, located here in yeah in Lafayette okay Lafayette yeah they've been uh a troupe for uh hmm, 2012 I think is when it started but it was from a bunch of former students at UL who had been doing improv uh on UL's campus and once they graduated they're like hey we want to keep keep doing doing it yeah and so they formed uh improv troupe so I joined them in 2014 and we've been you know performing shows uh monthly at Cité des Arts and ACA and a few other places and there's a a large improv scene here believe it or not (laughs) that's interesting to know yeah and so um later uh all the years it's like Jesus, it's been so long (laughs) 2017 I started teaching for Lafayette Parish for the talented theater program okay and uh that's what I've been doing ever since so that's where I am now. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there's there's so many takeaways. Um, that notion of like, if you want to write, you should be writing every day. My mentor, Walter Hall, told me the same thing as a dancer. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to be a choreographer, you should be creating every single day. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only way you're going to get better. So I think that's really good advice for people to hear. Because mm-hmm. um, I just feel like as a creative, if there's something that you want to do, like you should be strengthening that that mm-hmm. too every day by doing something towards whatever it is that you want to do mm-hmm. um i like the fact that not say like but everybody's story and journey is kind of different and interesting mm-hmm. right like myself i'm a dancer choreographer i started when i was two years old and haven't stopped mm-hmm. whereas for you you found writing as uh something that you really enjoy 
later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a good notion to kind of really um, shine light on because a lot of times people think that if you haven't been doing something your entire life, that mm-hmm. is not possible. Yeah. Um, and so you said you were a mass comm major, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that, that pivotal moment, like that one thing in your mind that you can think of that made you decide to say, I want to go to graduate school to get my master's in, in writing? Well, <laughs> I, uh, so I graduated from Southern in 2006. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, I was like, okay, let me apply for all these jobs in the marketing department, the public relations department, you know, all this stuff. Not one job, not one interview, oh, not wow. one nothing. And so I was <laughs> like, okay. Uh, so I started, I worked at the mall for a little while. And then I worked at Neighbors Neighbors Federal Credit Union. I was a teller. And then I was a loan officer. And oh my gosh, I absolutely <laughs> hated it. <laughs> you know, the money was decent. The hours were fine. You know, it was good. But I was just like, man, I... First of all, don't like telling people they're not approved for loans. Yikes. You know? <laughs> and then I was like, here I am, you know, a 21-year-old telling folks, you know, you can't, <laughs> you can't buy a house. You know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, oh, this is horrible. But I was good at the job. I, I definitely do everything 100% when I do something. So it wasn't like totally miserable, but I was just like, this is not feeding my soul. Mm-hmm. I need to do something creative and I tried multiple times to at least get into the marketing department uh, at that uh, credit union because I was like, you know, I'm already here. I know everything already because I sell it to the Mm -hmm. customers all the time. I was like, let me try to move over. And um, I was never given the opportunity to do that. So I was like, okay, I I need to do something. And um, I think I was just randomly like watching a movie and and then uh i think it was on e and then e entertainment came up and they were talking about this is so weird (laughs) (laughs) but they were talking about this is how long ago this was to seal and heidi klum's divorce oh wow yeah and so then um i was just thinking about their relationship and i was like huh that's interesting because he married her. I think she was pregnant for someone else. Oh, and wow. like, it was like an odd story. <laughs> and I was just like, huh, that's interesting. It's like, how does that work? <laughs> so then I just started thinking and I was like, hmm. And then I just started writing. It was mm-hmm. like a weird idea of inspiration that came from nowhere. And, um, and then I didn't know what I was doing. So I just pulled out a word document on my computer and just started writing. And then I was like, how do you format a, script and Mm -hmm. so then I was researching this was like again in 2008 I think so the internet wasn't as uh available to certain Mm -hmm. things that is as it is now excuse me and so I looked up how to format screenplays and and things and it was it was really trash but I was like (laughs) trying to (laughs) learn as much as I could on my own and that's when I was like I can't do this like this you Mm -hmm. know now there's so much information there's so many like YouTube videos and books and YouTube university (laughs) yeah people just you know podcasts like this that tell you like how to get in the industry Mm -hmm. how to do this how to do that but in 2008, there wasn't all yeah. those options. So I was like, I need to go to school because I can't figure this out. 
um, on my own. If I lived in L.A. or New York or somewhere like that, maybe I could navigate mm-hmm. it. But living in Baton Rouge at the time, yeah, <laughs> I was like, I can't, you know, navigate this. Uh, so that's when I started looking for grad school programs. And and uh, I am not a good test taker. I've never been a good test taker. And so I was specifically looking for programs that I did not have to take the GRE. Oh, that's smart. Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't want to take a test. And uh, I found um, California State University, Los Angeles. They had a new MFA program. I was the in the third year cohort oh, wow. of that program. So they were still, you know, getting their feet off the ground with it. But I met a lot of wonderful people, a lot of classmates that I'm still in touch with today who are in the industry doing stuff. So I always call them for, you know, certain things. And um, it it was a really good experience for me. I don't necessarily think that that's the route for everybody. I think you can learn a lot just by doing and getting into those groups and depending on what avenue you want to go with in uh like the film industry but uh for me specifically school was the path so that's that's kind of when I came to that realization (laughs) that's interesting so you would consider yourself a filmmaker yes okay um so you are a filmmaker you're a woman filmmaker (laughs) you're black woman filmmaker is there any um like on your journey, any time that you find to be some discrepancies, you know, things that you may run into that you feel like maybe other other counterparts wouldn't necessarily run into. Is there, because um, now, of course, with Ava DuVernay, she's mm-hmm. a filmmaker and mm-hmm. all of these different other people, women, black women that are coming up. Um, is it still... I guess it's a two-part question. Is it still very limited amount of black women in the filmmaking um, world? And what are some things that you have personally kind of went through that were not necessarily, um, that you wouldn't necessarily see other counterparts going through as a black woman in the film industry? <laughs> I know it's a loaded question probably. <laughs> Ooh, girl. Uh- <laughs> It was, it's funny because just yesterday, and I don't know why, again, I get random ideas at random times, but just yesterday I was thinking, um, and I think it's because Juneteenth is approaching, and I was like, do I consider myself, and that's an interesting question I have for you too, I was like, do I consider myself a woman first or a black first? Ah, that's interesting. And like, which one do I lean more towards? Because, mm-hmm. you know, they talk a lot about the feminist movement and how the feminist movement didn't involve black women mm-hmm. um, and all of that stuff. And, and and black women were so involved in the civil rights movement at the time while the feminist movement was going on. And, you know, it's that's an interesting conversation. I was just like, hmm, man, I think uh, I think f- for myself, I see myself as black first. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, uh, I just bought a shirt the other day that said rooting for everybody black. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> and so that's really that's really how I walk through life. It's mm-hmm. just um, wanting to uplift Black people and our stories, and um, seeing other Black people in the film space is very rare mm-hmm. still in 2022. And um, you see more women uh, than Black people, but they're white women. And so you do 
find a camaraderie with white women, but it's still a separation of the cultural differences. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with black men. There's a separation of, you know, uh, gender. And um, so it's, it's very interesting. Um, If I don't know, I'm really trying to think of a time when I was in a space with like a lot of black women in film in, I can't, I'm, I'm hard pressed to like really mm-hmm. find, find that. So there is, um, uh, there is moments when you are the only one mm-hmm. being a black woman and how to navigate that space. And, um, and, and, you know, you st- I'm, I'm at a place now where I'm just like, whatever. Right. My mom is a teacher and she still corrects me on my grammar sometimes. Like, I'm like, look, if they don't, <laughs> if they don't accept me for this, look, I'm educated. I got two yeah. degrees, three degrees. That's a whole other conversation me and one of my friends talk about. I don't want to, but like that cultural dialect and how much disrespect behind cultural dialect there is and there should be more respect like that's a whole nother conversation but yeah absolutely it (laughs) is and I'm like I'm tired of trying to conform Mm -hmm. to make other people feel comfortable and so I'm like I'm just going to talk the way I talk yeah (laughs) so um so I don't know I I I forgot the questions you asked me already uh (laughs) because I think I went on a different uh different path but I think there is still I think there is still uh, hardships for women because uh, there are times when, you know, men being men mm-hmm. want to mansplain and you're like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm the boss here. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Let me t- say what I want. Yeah. And then you can give your opinion if I ask for, you know, something like that. But, you know, you do find that uh, power dynamic mm-hmm. a little bit. I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, at all. no, it is. <laughs> and I, I do want to kind of touch on what what type of stories are you creating or like what type of voice as a filmmaker do you have or want to have I know I'm very uh I'm not in the film world um but I can kind of see like a pattern of each filmmaker and in what types of films they like to make and what their quote unquote niches, if mm-hmm. that's you know a word that you guys use in the yeah. um, in the film industry, but like what what type of voice do you want to have? What what type of stories do you want to tell? I want to tell true stories to the black experience, mm-hmm. especially from my point of view or um, what I research. And um, I'm a girl from Louisiana, so I have to tell Louisiana stories. Mm-hmm. I can't tell a story about someone in Philadelphia because I never lived in right. Philadelphia. Uh, they have a different uh, language. I think, is that Jean that they say over there? <laughs> it's like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> you know, but I know what Wody means, you know, and I don't even think right. I said it right. But I'm from New Orleans. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like, there's that, that um, regional uh experience that you have that we don't get to see a lot of depictions of the south in a way that is true to us like when you see a movie or a tv show and they come to louisiana most likely new orleans everybody looks at it and they're like no like yes. they don't speak it's like, like over exaggerated mm-hmm. 
the culture is so over exaggerated. Right. And they're always on Bourbon Street. Like nobody goes to Bourbon Street like that. <laughs> you know, you may go every once in a while, but it's but yeah. you know, you're not always there. And where y'all find parking? How you find that parking on Bourbon Street? Like where it's like it's always it's so in the unrealistic. Swamp, like somewhere in the swamp. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, there's more to Louisiana than swampy land. Yes. Like there's <laughs> Yes, yeah. And I'm from Shreveport. So, you know, <laughs> that's a whole different conversation right. where people say it's not even Louisiana. Oh. <laughs> so it, I just want to tell the stories that I know to be true mm-hmm. that can speak to our our people here. And um and mostly it's gonna be with women leading the film and it's definitely going to be with black people leading the film so it doesn't always have to be uplifting it could be a little sad or you know whatever but i just want to tell um realistic yeah real stories i think that's great and amazing um being in la at one point and then being in louisiana um do you see a benefit of being here in louisiana uh as a filmmaker i know la new york could be very oversaturated. Is there more opportunities for you as a filmmaker here locally in Louisiana, being able to kind of, you know, open up a, maybe a, a, a lane for yourself and for others? Um, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> yes, because, yes, L.A. and New York is oversaturated. It's very much a who-you-know business, mm-hmm. which it is anywhere. Right. Um, you get most of your jobs and opportunities from your friends and folks that you uh, network with. So that's going to be anywhere. Mm-hmm. But everybody in L.A. is a screenwriter. Wow. <laughs> everybody in L.A. <laughs> is a filmmaker of some sort, you know, so everybody's hustling, trying yeah. to do the same things. And it's like, are they real? Are they fake? You don't know. You know, um, are they, um, you know, it, it just really depends. But um I think here, although the it's a smaller pool of people, I think it's almost a little more difficult to kind of really break in mm-hmm. because what I found in the almost 10 years that I've been living in Lafayette is a lot of people work together and they keep working together. Mm-hmm. And that's not a problem. You find your your people and you know they do good work you always want to keep working with them but uh they're most likely all white and male in that in that circle of people too and so you know the conversation about diversity opened up a lot in 2020 Mm -hmm. and um it's like people have to be more intentional about opening their circles a little bit more to people of color and to women to really uh, diversify their crew. Because I think it just helps. It makes it makes you look better. It right. might elevate your project in a way that you didn't think about because you uh, brought somebody on your team that may have a little more information about something that you're trying to tell. Like, um, <laughs> I remember... Uh, in one of my classes, I was highly upset when uh, my teacher had this panel of professionals talking to the class. And uh, there was this man who uh, was a screenwriter and he's talking about his experiences. And, you know, I'm just eating it up, just trying to take all the information. And then he mentions that he wrote uh, The Great Debaters. And I was like, 
what? <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, no. And Denzel Washington directed that movie, mm-hmm. but he wrote it. And I was like, there wasn't any black people that could have written the right. papers. You know, it's like such a black story to be told. And that is unfathomable to me. Um, and I'm just like, I don't get it. I yeah. don't understand how you want to tell a story about a group of people that you're not in at all. That is a conversation I we were having not too long ago um, about black people should be telling black stories. Mm-hmm. You know, we should be writing our stories. We should be telling our stories. And that's a convert. That's even deeper. That's, I feel like I could do a whole podcast. Just we're going to have spinoffs. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have spinoffs. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong with uh, allies helping mm-hmm. us tell those stories because we need help. Right. We don't have all the information that we need to raise the funds or get networks or get in the doors and stuff. And so that's where we need our white right. allies to help us. The ones who really, truly want to help. Don't just go tell the story and think you're helping. No, help us tell the story. Right. Yeah. So I think that something that needs to happen down in the South or Louisiana Mm -hmm. specifically is just um, opening up your circles a little bit to allow other people in and just help build this area more. That's good. That's that's (laughs) very interesting. It's a little off topic. Um, because I was watching a video this morning of um, the owners of Honeypot, which mm-hmm. is the um, it's hair care. It's feminine products. Oh. Um, and uh, they got a lot of backlash about if they were still black owned or not. Because, mm-hmm. um, of course, you know, when a company starts to scale, mm-hmm. people automatically think that it's no longer black owned. And they, they were saying something to that very similar situation of saying yes it's black owned but when you start to scale you need investors and it's unfortunate that a lot of investors don't look like us Mm -hmm. like in as african-americans our businesses are not able to scale if we don't have the backing of -hmm. people that don't look like us so it's still black owned but we still need those other individuals to come and be allies Mm -hmm. in order for to see our companies and our organizations kind of propel and so that I was literally watching that this morning and that conversation was flowing in my head as you were saying, like, you know, we do need allies. That is Mm -hmm. so very true. So you have a film Mm -hmm. that, um, (laughs) that you recently, um, was doing funding for. It's Mm -hmm. called rising dawn. Yes. Yes. Tell us a little bit about the film. What was your inspiration behind it? Oh Lord. It's a long story. (laughs) Um, Well, yes, it's Rising Dawn. Mm -hmm. It's a short film, which is a proof of concept for a feature film. So the whole idea, uh, the goal is to um, take the film through the festival circuit and get some buzz. And hopefully we can get funding to create a feature film of the same story, just a bigger story of that. Um, It is about high school majorettes, baton twirlers, not dancers, because for some at some point that term like kind of did a, a left yeah <laughs> and i don't know why and how well i think because <laughs> in certain parts of louisiana like in new orleans majorette is of course baton twirling here in lafayette is more dance so i think it's that there's a different um i guess definition of what majorette uh, dancing is mm-hmm. in different parts of Louisiana. You would think it would be the same <laughs> well, everywhere. But 
it's uh, see <laughs> i was a major in high school okay a baton twirler a baton twirler <laughs> in shreveport <laughs> and so and we call majorettes that's mm-hmm. what we call it and so the first time i heard majorette as a dance wasn't until i actually worked on bring it for a season and that's what i was gonna say next yes that was and my next that was the very because i'd never seen the show before i started working mm-hmm. on it and so i got around and i'm like there on set and i'm like majorettes what what are, they, what are they talking about? I was so confused. <laughs> it took me a minute to understand. And so then, um, you know, I was I was confused by that. But then you don't see a whole lot of people twirling batons mm-hmm. as you used to. For me, coming up, it was everywhere. Every was everywhere. had a major at Lyme. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, you know, some of the colleges don't um, have them anymore, but they used to. Mm-hmm. Southern used to have majorettes back in the day. Grambling used to have majorettes back in the day. They just brought a feature twirler back this okay. year. Um, and so it's starting to come back a little bit more. And I think for me, when I saw Beyonce's Homecoming and the girl came out with the batons, I was like, yeah, yeah. I was so excited because I was like, I don't see people doing this anymore. Yeah. And to do it on that stage and at that time, it was just like everything. So fast forward a few years later. Um, I, remember, I said I have a book of ideas mm-hmm. that I'm always writing down and thinking of stuff. And so I am such a um fan of like teen coming of age stories mm-hmm. like high school stories like ever since i was in middle school you know i'm like oh you know 10 things i hate about you <laughs> and you know uh bring it on she's and, all that yeah all of those movies <laughs> i was just a very much a fan of you know but you don't really get to see us black girls nope. in those films you know gabrielle union was the it best friend in those movies and you know she it, was it wasn't about her <laughs> it wasn't about her it wasn't about her she was just there and so um i would was thinking back to high school and you know thinking about like homecoming and you know the pep rallies and stuff and i went to booker t washington high school which was built in 1954 blacks in wow. shreveport so it was during segregation it was like uh a top-notch school at the time it was even in the paper like look the white people were not happy they were spending all that money on some black kids school (laughs) um but the band was at one time coined Lil Gramlin you know band Mm -hmm. and you know all that so it was a very prominent school by the time I went there it was you know in the hood you know that type of thing but um, it's still going strong, and it's because the alumni will mm-hmm. not allow the school board to right. shut the school down. I know that's right. They just got a historical marker. Wow. Um, a few years back, so it's it's pretty major, and I have a lot of love for that school mm-hmm. and my experience there. And it is not the experience that's depicted on TV mm-hmm. when you talk about black schools and that type of thing. And so the idea I got years ago, it was in my book, was just about this girl. Like, it's a love story. And she's, like, trying to ask her crush out on a date and it's homecoming and da-da-da-da-da. And so revisiting this idea for um, what I wanted to create a, a film about, like a short film, I revisited that idea, but it wasn't the right story that I wanted to mm-hmm. tell it again, you know, because that was years ago. 
And so at this point, long story short, because there was a whole, you know, there was a whole journey for me <laughs> to get there. And uh, my husband, bless his heart, he hears everything. He, I'm just bouncing ideas off of him. Like, yeah. yes, it's crazy. <laughs> but um, ultimately, it became about uh, the main character, Dawn, and her journey to finding self-confidence in her, uh, her skill uh, as a leader and a baton twirler to have a big, you know, solo at the, the Battle of the Bands performance. And there's a, a toxic friend. And so there's that whole situation <laughs> that we have that I think everyone can relate to. And it's just really an uplifting story for black girls and uh, finding their self-confidence and their beauty and all that stuff. So it's, it's, <laughs> I, I love the idea of, of that whole teen coming of, you know, age story. Cause you're right. We don't have any stories like that, that tell the stories of black girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for, you know, for, <laughs> wanting to create those stories and tell those stories so that our young black girls mm-hmm. can have something um, exciting, fun, and uplifting to look forward to. So where are you guys, where are you with the Rising Dawn film? Like, what what stage are you at now? We are editing. Oh, so, great. Uh, yeah, I think um, we started fundraising back in February, and everything has been happening so fast because I wrote this version of the script in March of 2021 and ever since then it's been like a non-stop train of like finding my producers applying for grants you know starting to fundraise and crowdfund and finding actors casting and trying to find uh actual baton twirlers which oh my gosh in a, <laughs> in a world that thing, doesn't right. really do baton twirling anymore that was the wow. hardest thing to do um it's ridiculous <laughs> um i ended up finding an amazing twirler um that we flew down from west virginia okay and uh she was the the lead character and the other girls on the team had a little baton twirling experience but not a whole lot so we had to teach them a little bit and have a choreographer come in to do baton uh training yeah (laughs) so it was a whole situation oh my gosh uh and then um we filmed in april during spring break uh lpss spring break and so now we're editing and we are hoping to uh enter into festivals very shortly so we'll be submitting into various film festivals in Louisiana and uh, across the country. And hopefully we'll be going, we'll be accepted into those film yeah. festivals and we'll be going. You will, you will, you will, you will. <laughs> I'm going to speak that into the, into, mm-hmm. the, into the world, to the universe. Absolutely. You know, that's exciting to, to know and to hear. Um, I mean, from afar, huge fan of what Thank you're doing. You. Um, I think it's absolutely amazing. And now, even knowing more of your story, your journey, like now I'm going to be really cheering you on. <laughs> come on, Nick, come on, Nick. Um, so lastly, I'd like to leave, um, I'd like to leave our show with our guests giving um, listeners, our movers, a piece of advice oh, that you could share with them. Um on their journey of, you know, making moves, trying to move towards their life goals and dreams. Mm. On the spot. 
<laughs> I would, but that's good because I would have been at home like writing an essay. Like what? What? <laughs> like what advice am I gonna give? Um, I think ultimately, and I I feel like I said this to somebody not that long ago, um, and you touched on this as well earlier. Just everybody's journey is different. Mm-hmm. I always say, don't compare what you're doing to your neighbor, to your friend. You know, everybody um, has different times of when they're going to, to peak, I guess. Um, but you know, while you are honing your craft, you're, you're simmering, you know, you, my pastor would say this and I love it all the, all the time to think about it is like everybody wants, and I'm going to say it wrong, I'm going to butcher it, (laughs) but everybody wants that microwavable success, Mm -hmm. but microwave foods are hot for a short period of time right. and they get cold really fast. But when you cook on the stove in that big pot of stew on the stove, it takes all day. For it to cool down. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, it takes all day to cook. It also takes a long cook. time yes. to cook. And then also it stays hot much longer mm-hmm. and it fills people up and it makes them feel good, you know? <laughs> so just think about that and just um, don't worry about like how fast someone else is mm-hmm. getting their feet off the ground and getting to their goals and things. Just worry about what you've got going on and keep honing your craft, keep strengthening your skills. Do everything as an actor, as a filmmaker, as a writer. Just do everything because you never know what your experiences will help you with down the line. Uh, I tell my students this all the time. Like some of them are athletes and. Um, they're like, oh, but I, I, wanna, I, I don't have time to do theater and stuff because I'm always playing basketball. I was like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. The Rock was always playing football. Right. And look at him now. You take an acting class here and there, and then you never know. There's somebody's going to be hiring uh, basketball players that need to act because I had to hire some baton twirlers who could twirl. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, or, or who, who could act, you know. So you never know, like, what experiences you'll have that's going to help you a little bit more because you did this random uh gymnastics class or this random horseback riding Mm -hmm. class or this whatever it's like now they're looking for a basketball player who can horseback ride look (laughs) look at you you fit it you never know so do all of those experiences as a writer you never know like what random boat ride is going to spark an idea for a script or whatever so just always take in things and write what you know. Don't try to write somebody else's story unless mm-hmm. they're helping you. You're doing some sort of um, biography, you know. Mm-hmm. But write your story. You can change the characters up a little bit. And everybody asks me, am I Dawn? No, I'm not Dawn at all. She has some of my experiences. <laughs> uh, you know, going to the type of high school I went to, having a, a rift with your friend. All of that is from my experiences, mm-hmm. but I am not her. She is her own person, (laughs) but I wouldn't be able to write that if I didn't live it. Yeah. So ultimately it's just take your time, take everything in and when it's ready, it's going to come out and you're going to be great for it. That's great advice. (laughs) Great, great. How can anyone listening stay in touch with what you have going on? Stay up to date with Rising Dawn and it's uh, success that it's going to (laughs) have. Yes. Well, Uh, We're on Facebook and Instagram, Rising Dawn Film. That's R-I-S-I-N-G. D as in David, 
A-W-N Rising Dawn film. It's really weird when I try to spell things without <laughs> looking at it. And I'm like, oh, am I spelling it right? <laughs> and um, on Facebook, I'm Monique Morton. Uh, Morton Like the Salt. And on uh, Instagram, I'm at Naturally Momo. <laughs> okay, Momo. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I will try to update everything as much as possible of where people can watch if we get into some film festivals that are near you you can go and buy a ticket and support us (laughs) yes indeed well thank you so much monique for being here being a guest on i'm making moves you're definitely one that is making moves not only in our community but just in general girl you got it going on (laughs) got it going on so thank you thank thank you. you thank you for having me i enjoy it no problem